everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Okay, we're good. We're here. Welcome. Oh, sorry. I'm just looking at one of our clients has uploaded a Here's Samantha. I hope you're feeling good and relaxing, Chloe. I may not have done any of the lifting when we moved, but I did decide to hang a curtain pole the day I went in to be induced. This is me one year ago today. Look at the photo of Mega Prags. <gasps> wow. I love it. I love how many women are like, like, good for you. Like, da, da, da. I'm like, no, you like, it's like. You still have to live your life. You still have to live your life. Like, I wish I could lie on the floor and be like, I'm pregnant, leave me alone. <laughs> I mean, there are definitely points in the day where I do do that. <laughs> oh. How are you, Emma? There were bagpipes in your voice notes today. It was very exciting. Oh, yeah, there were. Yes, that actually happens quite often. It's such a, like, standard Scottish thing, isn't it? But, like, if you're walking through town, like, people will play the bagpipes. It's because they know that they'll get loads of money from people being like, oh, what, what a novelty. It's Scotland and there's bagpipes playing. Oh, yeah, they do it for the tourists. Like, when I think of bagpipes, for some like, when you send me voice notes, I imagine you're near, like, a Greg's Bakery, maybe eating a sausage roll and the bagpipes are playing and I don't know why. Oh, yeah, because that's that's just so me. Like, you never <laughs> find me outside of, of eating a sausage roll, given that I now don't eat meat and, you know, have a <laughs> healthy diet constantly at Greg's. Can't get me away. Don't diss a sausage roll. I like when I was in New Zealand, all I did was eat sausage rolls every day with like just a squirt of ketchup over the top of it. Why in New Zealand? Because uh, I because I went traveling, yeah. Oh my gap, yeah. Oh look at that. And all you did was eat sausage rolls. I gained so much weight in New Zealand because all I did was eat pies and sausage roll from the side. Is that of- like a, is the sausage roll a New Zealand thing? Like really any baked good with meat in it is like a go for them. Oh, is it? Mm, yeah and didn't know that. Kiwis did not like me they like me now and in, in the rugby sphere they like me they didn't like me then why I, I don't know I was like guys I'm piling so much money into your food economy what's the problem give me another sausage roll <laughs> uh, anyway do we have any admin um not that anyone needs to know about obviously the things that <laughs> were stressing me but that actually nothing nothing that anyone needs to know about as you were talking as we came on about men dropping the ball that did remind me of a study I was reading this week for a, a webinar that I was giving and it was really interesting I'm sure many people have heard of this before but it did it just kind of like reminded me of a few things but this study was done in Harvard and it was a business class and they gave half of the class one sheet of paper and half of the class another sheet of paper and on this paper there was exactly the same story about an entrepreneur like how they came through and like how they built their business and the relationships they had and like essentially the story of them and their business and their success and the only difference between the two papers was that one said Heidi on it and one said Howard on it so essentially the only difference was the interpretation of gender 
And afterwards, the class was asked to rate this person on like a likability scale, how likely they were to want to work with this person and how competent they thought they were. So the competency was the same between the two. They both thought Heidi and Howard were very competent, but the likability of Heidi was really low. The likability of Howard was high and the likelihood that you would want to work for Howard was high and low for Heidi. And this is, I can't emphasize this enough, exactly the same story. The only difference was the gender. And it just makes you really think. And so I was talking to other coaches about this, as in how you market as a female compared to how you market as a male. And a lot of the advice we get in the fitness industry is from males, from like other male mentors. And like, this is one of the key problems Mm -hmm. is that if you're pushy and aggressive as a female, or even if you show off your success, you're unlikable. Mm. And that's like, that's a societal problem that we need to change and we need to question. But the other point I want to make about this is this, this school, like the people that were in this class were both male and female. It's not like it's only men that are interpreting women like that. Like we interpret, Chloe and I interpret successful women as less likable. And even if like, even if we're quite aware of that and you have to kind of catch yourself out and be like, would I think the same about this person if it was a man? And often the answer is like, no, I wouldn't. And that, that's my own internal like gender bias that we all need to be a little bit more aware of. Mm. Yeah, I f- really interesting, not surprising at all. I think anybody on the EC method, obviously Emma and I know that when you work, when you are a, especially self-employed, you know, you run businesses, you, you have to be, you have to be a bit of a quote unquote ball buster. And again, that term would never be said about a man, just women. We bust balls, guys. Um, but you have to be to get shit done. And, and I think a lot of that is because the people who you're asking to help you to do things for you are men. And if you don't act assertive, you don't fucking get anywhere. And we all, and that's not, you know, that's not me just kind of being like hokey pokey pie. And it's very true. And you learn that very, very quickly. Um, and the trade-off of that is because is that you do come across as being deeply, deeply unlikable. I mean, it's it's a real it's a real um, problem, a societal problem. But you know, I hope hopefully it's changing. I mean, we've never been in in as good a position to speak to speak our truth as we're and be heard as we're in now. So that in and of itself would would indicate that it's changing. But it's really 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 tough I've actually found in pregnancy as well um I've even been this is a weird thing to say I'm sure but I've even been quite disappointed by some of my male friends who have kind of just dropped off my radar completely like just completely kind of sidelined me I guess because I'm pregnant and then I'm like wow like that says a lot about why we were ever hanging out in the first place and what you thought you know was good about me or fun about me is now what null and void like it's really interesting mm. but but men taking me seriously has just gone down. it's all very much like you know moddy coddling's fine but being able to it's like yeah it, I'm de- I definitely it's interesting I'm glad you brought up that we're probably in because I think you can be so down about it but like these things are changing and we're actually able to identify it and call it out now whereas before it would have been like just fucked up or that people probably wouldn't have even noticed or like brought it up and now we're actually talking about these things and we can like notice that they are happening and that's the first step to change right you have to realize that there's a problem before you can then change the problem but it's so ingrained in us like even I'm sure we spoke about this before but like 
the research behind reading out the same statement in a woman's voice versus a man's voice and how intelligent you perceive that statement to be is like that in itself is insane yeah yeah I, I but I find it I think it's important to talk about the female bias as well you know not but you know James and I were talking about that this morning James you can literally just walk through the door um James and I were talking about that this morning hi Han so I'm on a live um we're talking about that this morning that don't get your dick out. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? Get your dick out. Don't, Don't get, get your dick out. out. Hi, mum. Hi. Are we on the phone to your mum? Okay, oh, it's a lie. Yeah. Oh, it's a serious thing. Hi. Oh, you just eat calories, yeah, and just don't fuck things up. Cheers. <laughs> Great coach. Great coaching skills. Um, and we we're, we're talking about female sports specifically and how it was interesting with the whole when everyone tried to cancel James for telling um, that female rugby player to have a day off. And they thought they interpreted it as him saying, have a day off with your female rights opinions, which he wasn't. He was saying to her as a kind of colleague and an acquaintance, like, you know better, have a day off. And everyone interpreted it the wrong way. And everyone basically piled on top of him and was like, you know, James Haskell is, you know, sexist, elitist, da 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 da, da. <laughs> which he mildly is anyway. But <laughs> for this situation. I'm sexist, elitist, I'm here. <laughs> I'm but, as well. but, um, but that it wasn't, it wasn't in context in this thing. And a lot of the arguments against it were like, there were a lot of female, um, you know, feminist kind of uh, rugby players out there, or not even rugby players, just commentators, basically saying, we don't fucking need you. We don't need men's rugby, you know, fuck off with your opinions, getting involved, having a say, we don't need you. And the really sad response to that is, yes, you do because women's rugby doesn't have the same and and it's not just rugby it applies to a lot of female sport um and a lot of female everything doesn't have the same audience doesn't make the same kind of money and desperately needs the men's sport to lift it up to put it on a platform to promote it say look how talented these athletes are look how great they are look how watchable this game is look how impressive that try was it needs the men's game to lift it up and put it on a platform to actually put it in front of male and female fans alike and say guys you have to get behind the sport and and you know that's not even talking about the finances of it or the economy behind it they are subsidized and supported by male rugby because they don't make the money why don't they make the money because men and women aren't watching it in the same in the same kind of equal amount as they are the male sport and you know, a lot of the time there's, there's a lot of women saying, you know, it's, it's the, the problem you look at, you know, we talked about, we talked, we talked about this, James and I as well. You look at the beauty industry, you look at the Kardashians, each and every one of them in their own individual right is at worst a multi, multi-millionaire, at best a billionaire. As a, as a unit, as a family, we're talking a family of female billionaires. Why? Because they appeal to a female audience. And it's really unfortunate that there are there are other brackets of kind of female achievement and talent and skill which aren't getting that same attention. And it's deeply misguided for women to always blame men when actually you could turn around and say, well, where are you? Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like all of this research that shows these biases, it's like women are not treated the same as men by both men and women and women yeah it's like it's not just like men are are like have this gender bias like we all are exposed to it 
And actually, you'll probably notice it in yourself as well. Like, I've noticed it in myself. I'm like, huh, would I still feel that way if that was a a man saying this stuff? And I'm like, maybe, like, actually, maybe I wouldn't. And it's an uncomfortable truth to sit with. You're like, oh, shit. It's true. It's true. Like, being pregnant's been interesting because I've, every turn I've had to choose someone else to put around me, it's been a female. But then I'm thinking, but would, that decision be the same if as we're talking about like mentoring business mentoring I don't know like yeah I hope so but I don't I don't know it's very interesting but you definitely I mean Emma I'm sure that you can relate as well you definitely feel it as I remember as soon as I started my first business fitness fondue within a week within a week I was like asking my boy my then boyfriend to make phone calls for me because things would get done like that when I tried I would just sit and wait sit and wait and sit and wait and then you have to push and then you push and then you're the annoying girl that won't stop pushing and I get it with James it's 10 times worse with James because he's the alpha male look at him six foot five 19 stone like international rugby player he asks somebody to get something done or he voices an opinion everybody does it or shuts up and listens I when he introduces me to people especially like you know in the rugby world or the fan area they just look at you to see if you're fit and then they completely ignore you and carry on and you're like yeah or even like I don't know say you go in to speak to your accountant or something I mean our accountant Greg would never do this right but like like in that situation like you were at a bank meeting or something I bet they speak to James oh yeah they don't even and they don't even look at you and it's like uh hello like no even our um even if the guys who are doing our, our house I said something to them about the plaster work that they've done, which was, I mean, I know this sounds ridiculous, but it's it's phenomenally done. And they repeated it to our project manager, but they told him that James had said it. And he was like, James, by the way, James never said that. Like it was me. And it's, it's just weird. It's just interesting, really interesting male dynamics. And yeah. But then again, like I say, I say that, but you can say the same thing for women. Definitely can. Yeah. I mean, Hazel's just commented here saying she was watching the women's football the other night with her daughter, who's 21. And she commented that any women's sport, we have to preface it with women. But with men's sport, we don't. It's just assumed. It's like, I'm watching rugby or I'm watching women's rugby. You're not like, I'm watching the men's rugby. You'd just be like, I'm just watching the rugby. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and we have this conversation about race as well. You know, people be like, oh, you know, the black guy that served me. And people be like, that's racist. And people are like, no, it's not. I'm just describing him. How is that racist? It's like, because you'd never say the white guy that served me. Unless you're in a situation, it's like one white guy, one black guy, and then maybe you would. But, and it's the same thing. Um, you know, but, but this is what I do think women need to understand is with female sport. I, I completely agree with that point, but it the reason why it's distinguished is because it doesn't make as much money or have the same audience as the men's sport. And that is as much a fault of women watching as it is men. And it and that is something that I think people need to, Emma and I talk about this in terms of like body confidence stuff, right? And body acceptance stuff. People need to understand the reality of what they're talking about instead of just immediately being like, why isn't it as important? It should be as important. Female athletes are just as impressive as male athletes. Yeah, but why? If your question is why, it's because it doesn't make as much money. It doesn't have the same pull. It doesn't have the same drive. And so that's the thing that needs fixing, not the fact that it's in a different category. 
you know, I don't know if any of this makes sense. I'm trying to articulate it as delicately as I can. No, I, I think it does. I think in some situations as well, and I'm, I like I had a similar conversation with Emma Guns, who, by the way, in real life, <laughs> incredible. Like I could have actually sat and spoke to her for like the rest of the day. She's just like phenomenal. She's smart, hey? Huh? Super smart. So smart, like just just great to have a conversation with but anyway some of the stuff we were talking about was like weight stigma and how it is harder to be overweight in the world that we live in at the moment and how you kind of have two choices but they're not distinct so I'll elaborate on this like the one choice is to just like disregard the world that we're in and be like it shouldn't be this way so I'm just going to pretend that it's not yeah and then the other one is to be like well it is this way and actually my life would be easier if I did conform to it to an extent like as in if I did lose some weight but that doesn't mean that you can't then want to change society as well and I I think actually a better example of this is what we were talking about at the start which is maybe how you show up as a woman knowing that if you are assertive and if you speak up in a certain way in which if you were a man would be seen as confident and, and empowered you will be seen as unlikable you can either do that and not get as far in your career or you can play the game a little bit and also try and make societal change like you can call these things out but you can also not like stump your own progress by trying to be like that just because you feel like you should be able to be like that yeah and I guess like that that was the point I was trying to get across when I was speaking to these coaches it's like yeah it's not fair that women have to market themselves differently but they do but they do either not like it and not do very well and be unlikable or you can accept it play the game to an extent and then also try and make change as well like talk about these things and call them out when you see them and question your own biases mm-hmm. and other people's like when you're talking to your mates Amelia and I do this all the time we're like genuinely one of the things we say to ourselves quite a lot is like would you find that annoying if it was a man and I'm like fuck yeah. damn yeah. it like no maybe not but it's good no. to call yourself out on these things it's such a good point. Natalie Pinkham, who's a, she's a, a very well-known um, female sports presenter, specifically she does F1 and all the, all the racing and everything. And she's a really, really good friend of mine. And she has really interesting opinions on this in that she's like, I don't want, I want to come across as like attractive because it's such a male audience and it's such a male industry that she's like a female working in it. And she's like, I want to come across as attractive so I get jobs, but I don't want to come across as too attractive so that I kind of that's all I'm known for like my it's just my appearance my thing she's like I want to come across like I'm really informed so that people will listen to and respect my opinion but I don't want to come across like I'm too informed because then that's going to irritate the male audience and she talks about all this stuff and she and I say to her like this like tell me kind of the conclusion that you come to at the end of all this push pull in her head that a man would never ever ever have to consider how good looking am I how much do I know about f1 it's like I'm gonna look as good as I can look I'm gonna sound like I know the most out of everybody here to a woman it's a push pull constantly and she said exactly that Emma she's like I have to play the game in order to get where I want to go in my career and I don't know if anybody knows anything about Formula One but she's probably the most like I would say in demand well-respected um presenter in that field regardless of the fact that she's a woman but that has been mapped out very very strategically by her throughout her whole career and she's got there and her goal and Gabby Logan says the same thing her goal when they get there is to prove without saying shit that women can do it just as good if not better as men be likable be informed be attractive but not intimidatingly so like I know 
on all the morning TV shows, for example, it's like the women have to have kids and they have to be attractive, but not too attractive. I don't know how Holly Willoughby got the job because she's fair. <laughs> but it's like, it's always this thing, but it's like, and then once you're there, you're, you speak for yourself. Hey, I'm here. I'm, I'm at the top of my game. I don't think anyone's getting more work than Natalie Pinkham. Like, and it's like, and I'm a woman in a man's world. And same with Gabby Logan, who is just, I mean, stop with that. Um, and they never say anything about the fact that they're women. Never. But it's a constant thing they've had to think through to get where they are. It is, but it's very interesting. Um, Sam is just saying, try being a trailing spouse, which is my official title in the expat world. We basically don't exist. What? A trailing? That's what the women are called. Yeah, I guess. See, that's offensive. I know. Um, Janet's saying car salesmen are the worst with the disregard. No, I don't need to see the visor mirrors. What's the engine like? <laughs> Love that. I think it's um, people, men who are in control of money, they're the worst. Always. Every time. I'm like, for fuck's sake, please do not patronize me. I run two businesses. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. I think it sometimes I think it's quite funny though because like I I mean I don't I walk around looking like a total like tramp and like I don't care that people think that I don't like run successful businesses and like you would never freaking know right but this is quite like that I say that to James in terms of UK especially it's the people that look like they don't give a shit about anything that have the most fucking money. And actually, like, look at like Mark Zuckerberg and like Elon Musk. Like, and it's the people who are very flashy. Now, this is, I think this is different culturally, because obviously anyone who's ever been to Saint Tropez and seen the Russians there will know that this does not apply to them. But it's the people typically who dress super duper fucking flashy, like they have all the money in the world, who are probably like peddling like ducks down under the water to try and to try and accumulate cash flow it's really interesting like I completely agree with that but I do think culturally it, it depends where you are yeah I mean there's a there's a saying that's like um the Ferrari that you drive just shows like how like basically having a Ferrari just shows that you have that amount less in your bank account it doesn't actually yeah. show that you have anything it, and it's like how how flash is that like we, and we see that as like, oh my God, they've, they've got a Ferrari, they must be really rich. It's like, well, no, we just know that they had that disposable income they don't have anymore. Do you know what I realised today, Emma? You're what? like one of the only people in my life that I just talk about money with, with and it's not, it's really interesting. I think it's, I'm so careful about like who I speak to about something. It's really, and I think you and I find it really interesting from a like societal perspective but I think a lot of people find it really uncomfortable anyway that just came up in my head yeah I guess it's because we we can because like we are kind of involved in each other's finances right deeply involved oh can I just quickly clear something up I listened back to our um thing the other day because we're about to start promoting EC so I'm trying to get cut downs and I literally said to Emma but then you interrupted me because you were in the middle of saying something she was like um Oh, she, she said, is is, Lon- is anything affordable in London? And I went, well, not to you. 
And then she carried on speaking and saying what she was going to say. And it basically sounded like I was like financially dissing Emma. I wasn't. The end of that sentence was going to be because you love in, live in Dundee. So comparatively, it's just all of it's astronomically unaffordable. But it just sounded awful. And I was like, oh, God, I didn't finish that sentence. That sounds awful. Oh, I fully like interpreted it like that. But sometimes I forget that other people are listening. <laughs> you were just like you were going off or you were fine but I was like every anyone listening to that would be like Chloe's a fucking weird bitch (laughs) but it's like it's so relative right it's so cheap to live up here in comparison to London and also I just find that in London like doing nothing costs money like even if you're like oh I'm just gonna like I don't know go down and walk by the river but it's like you get on a tube and then like oh and then you get a coffee or something I don't know like everything just cost money like without even thinking about it you'll spend like 50 quid in the day not doing anything not even to talk to me about spending money right now because my head's about (laughs) I'm amazed I haven't gone in to early labor I mean early I'm full time now so anything could happen but I am amazed I haven't gone into labor just on like the like boing money situation like having a baby moving house refurbing a house and getting your car stolen done that like absolute no more money just none That's yeah it. it's it's a it's a stressful time <laughs> it's an expensive time <laughs> right let's get to some questions right leslie's just saying the greg's vegan sausage roll is amazing to be fair i'll need to try that actually Ah, there you go, Emma. Fuck you. <laughs> um, Kanchan says, hi and bye, ladies. Thought I'd jump on before I go out on the Raz. The Raz. Well, have a lovely night. Pictures, Kanch. Oh, probably my like style icon. Not that I could ever get away with being that stylish. Like, I think I just... She went to a hip hop brunch, right, a few weeks ago and like sent me a photo and I showed James and James is like, your clients are fit. <laughs> like, she looked so fucking cool I can't begin to I was like you look amazing she's amazing she is okay Sam hey ladies five rounds in now and doing well at maintenance I've heard you mention a few times things that are dusting of icing on the top of the cherry on top uh so usually you say we don't need to worry about them I have training nutrition nailed and I want to know if there's any other things I can do to give myself an extra push on top of the non-negotiables I'm lucky enough to have time to focus on some extras and would love to increase knowledge as well thank you I don't really understand the question I think she's basically saying like she's nailed what she's doing she's nailing maintenance like is there anything else she can do on top of that to kind of either get better results or learn a little bit more and I think like my my opinion on this is if you want to learn a little bit more go and do a course go and do EIQ like if that's what you want to do if that's what you want to learn absolutely do that you'll get a ton from it if that's what you're interested in a mistake I see people make is kind of nailing the basics and then thinking they need to overcomplicate it like I still just do the basics and then if I want if I want to be kind of entertained or I want something extra like I'll go and put that effort in another area of my life where people fall into like sometimes like orthorexic type tendencies or like over analyzing their nutrition. And then that actually becoming a negative is about at this point where you're like, oh, I am hitting my protein really easily. And I am doing this, this and this. And I am sticking to my calories. And it all seems like it's going quite smooth. I wonder how I could make it harder. Like it's not meant to be harder. You don't have to always make it harder. And actually that extra energy and time that you have put that somewhere else in your life where you're going to get a bigger benefit from it because 
like your diet isn't there to entertain you like it doesn't have to always be really hard or really exciting if you're already nailing it that's great you've ticked that off don't overcomplicate it because that can be where you kind of like where problems can arise yeah I'll work backwards I think I agree with Emma on that point that a lot of the time when you're like I'm really happy with everything and everything's going perfectly well and nothing needs changing what more can I do um, you do actually end up what seem, seems like a good idea initially and seems like fun initially ends up tripping you up. And then all of a sudden, everything that was going so well that you were already fucking nailing either starts to become fatiguing, mentally very difficult, physically quite difficult in some cases. Um, and then you end up getting yourself, tripping yourself up into a cycle, which actually is going to pull you out of all the success you're having now. Um, just on my interpretation of, Emma's interpretation of the question. Um, in terms of physical stuff, if, is there any more you can do? The whole point of maintenance is to find your happy, maintainable lifestyle with your diet, with your social life, with your training. And that's something that people work their whole lives to do. Um, and Emma and I have done it and we know firsthand how difficult that is and what a process that is. So the whole point is that you don't want to progress. You're, you're good, you're golden. If you're saying actually, no, no, I actually have like real body composition goals and what more can I do? Yeah, of course, there's things that we could make potentially more optimal, but bear in mind that point that Emma and I have said about tripping yourself up. But yes, if, if you were like, no, I, I have real serious body comp goals, is there more I could do? Yeah, we could start to talk about, you know, specific kind of intakes in your diet, timing of said intakes. We could start to talk about specific volume allotments. We could make it more optimal. We could make it more optimal yeah that's the, that's really the only word for it um but again again you know if it's already working it's already working and i'm not sure if you're at maintenance that that even is the goal um in terms of learning i agree with emma go do a course if you've got the time to do it lucky you um go and do a course um there are a shit ton to choose from obviously eiq is fantastic green nutrition but there's loads out there um you know, you could um, subscribe to some research reviews and just learn more just reading by reading more. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's loads of options. Mm. I think at this point as well, you've got to be realistic that it's probably time. Like you could change these things, you could be a little bit more analytical about when you're eating your meals and that you're hitting your protein synthesis threshold each time that you have a meal and all this stuff. But realistically it's going to make very small difference to your outcomes if you're already nailing the basics it's like the whole 80 20 principle like you're getting 80 percent of your results from the 20 percent of your efforts that you're doing and sometimes adding those like extra things that actually require quite a lot of effort to do but aren't really giving you that money giving you that much uh, benefit isn't worth it like an example i always give of this is doubling your protein intake per serving so when you go from 20 grams of protein to 40 grams of protein you get an increase in muscle protein synthesis of about 10 percent now doubling your input for an increase of 10 percent that's what you're kind of doing when you're at like the where you're already nailing the basics and you're trying to add more bear in mind that the effort you need to put in will be so much higher in comparison to the reward than it was when you were nailing the basics so you just got to like consider whether the cost benefit is worth it for you in that situation and I mean, training is a good example of this. Like you don't just want to do more and more and more because you'll reach a point that you actually just can't recover from that. And then it does become a negative. And that's easier to see in training because we know about overtraining. 
but the same is often true with nutrition. It's just a little bit more nuanced because sometimes it becomes like an obsessive thing or actually it starts impacting other areas of your life or it becomes a negative because it impacts your relationship with food because you're being so analytical about like when you're eating certain foods or how much of this you're eating and et cetera, et cetera. So we want you to have balance and it sounds like you've nailed that already. If there are little things you want to add and you can view them as like, this is the cherry on the cake. And actually, if I can't do it all the time, it doesn't hugely matter, but I'll try. That's one thing. But just make sure your mindset is that and not over obsessing about these things. Agree. And also, sometimes it's quite nice if it's all working smoothly and there's no need. You don't have any real goal or reason to just let it go smoothly. Because who knows, in a month's time, you could be like, oh, I'd like it if I could do X by Y or if I could achieve, you know, A by B. I mean, and you might want to have that kind of bandwidth to push. Um, so maybe just reserving for, for that time because it usually happens. <laughs> it is like it's an interesting place to get to because I think this is quite novel for a lot of people. And we get this on the EC method a lot when basically you reach maintenance and things aren't as hard as they used to be and you, and you think probably you need to do more but you don't yeah yeah and you've probably spent your whole life dieting or like on a diet or off a diet and kind of yo-yo dieting and now it's like oh I've got this like brain space and energy and and motivation that like is extra because I don't have to focus on this so much because it's actually ingrained in my life now it's become habit and routine and that that doesn't have to go back towards diet that can go to other areas of your life yeah 100 percent. okay have my Hazel. baby for me huh have my baby for me give me back yeah. some time you could be a nurse for chloe <laughs> uh okay hazel's saying this is my first live of i've made this round you queens are so likable relatable and amazing angels question mark and i'm gonna sign up to round four this weekend thank you so much Oh, we love you, Hazel. I love that Hazel's age. Uh, but I love it. It's so this is actually what I really like is that I think with the EC method, we're so lucky. We found such a safe space of women that we can even have. Like You guys might not have agreed with everything I just said or Emma just said, probably more likely me. <laughs> I straddle that line a bit more. But everybody's so, and I love this about my, my group of friends as well, like live and let live, breathe and let breathe, like, and it's such a safe space. And I think it's really good for people. I say this to Emma about her relationship with Amelia. It's really nice that even when they're on a live, they will fully have a disagreement with each other about something, whether it's, you know, calories or body image or men, whatever. They'll disagree with each other in front of everyone watching. And I and I and Emma said to me before, like, do you think that's okay? And I'm like, I think it's fucking brilliant. I actually think it's really important that we allow women to talk and give each other that space to discuss things without any of that aggressive bullshit. And I love that we've got such a lovely family here. Like, we're really lucky. And you know, we see it in the post where people like are just talking about opinions. Thank you so much, darling. But people are just. <laughs> darling so posh um where people are just i didn't know it's there thank you where people are just sharing their opinions on things that are going on in the news like i know sarah lynn sometimes really struggles with things that are going on politically and stuff and i just think it's really it's really nice to have that space uh, yeah and i think it was great i can't even remember what we were talking about was it personal trainers not being in shape or something and sarah lynn like made a really good point and she did it in such a nice way she wasn't like you're wrong she was like what about this situation and what do you think of this and I'm not actually sure I agree with one thing you said here and I'm like yeah great 
like and that's also, exactly what we want and and it wasn't like an aggressive discussion it was like I no. take on your opinion and I actually think I changed my mind a little bit like yeah. that's gross and you should give people the space to do that like actually yeah. one thing you said I didn't really agree with like what do you think of this point of view yeah that's what we want right and she hypothesized that maybe she was being feeling triggered and I think she had great points across the board anyway but it's yeah I think it's really important and I like that about the EC method a lot and I especially like you know on Instagram as well or like social media you know I actually don't really get any shit on social media but I do get a lot of shit elsewhere on the internet and it, it's just nice to feel like it's okay because I've got my tribe okay. and we're all good and it's really it's really feels also really we have had more grad signups this round than we've ever had so far have we i didn't know that yeah. and i'm very excited by it have you have we that makes yeah. me really excited that was always the goal 100 yeah. percent that was always the goal so we never know. Had one day we'll hit well maybe not 100 percent, but like yeah i love that okay Samantha, hi Clemmer. My knee surgery is on Monday and I definitely feel it's a privilege to have the surgery. So I feel lucky, but need some help to navigate the next few weeks. How do I deal with the no eating on Monday pre-surgery? Can I have some of the calories tomorrow for my little one's first birthday? Then be good at resting and will be on crutches for at least two weeks. Shall I shall I be forced on nutrition oh sorry shall I be focused on nutrition and do upper body when I've got the all clear from the physio any tips on mental recovery um brilliant question love it and great perspective but it doesn't mean Emma and I will say this all the time like be grateful that you have it doesn't mean you know you're not an alien he's always like I'm so happy I'm having knee surgery you're probably still gonna have moments where you're like this is shit <laughs> just trying to help you reframe it but um yeah I think great idea if it should if it's your son's first birthday party you know in the in the few day lead up to you having to fast all day brilliant yeah of course you get more calories to play with that's great um and yeah you've already got it you know in recovery do everything you can do so what will that look like it will look like nutrition um and yeah waiting for the physio to say oh yeah you can definitely which I reckon might have will happen quite quickly um yeah you can do upper body you can do some core stuff just make sure you keep any weight bearing off that knee yeah and 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 you'll be amazed like I've managed to stay in relatively good shape pregnant not being able to do half the shit that I could do before um not because of not because of necessarily the pregnancy but because of my pregnancy <laughs> it's affected me <laughs> um so it's 100 percent doable yeah and remember like two weeks like it crutches for at least two weeks like that is not a long period of time at all and muscle memory means that you will get it back so much quicker and this is exciting like you're saying like it, it as much as I agree with Chloe like it is still a privilege that you're getting the surgery and hopefully that fixes the problem yeah. so ongoing like it's a short-term sacrifice of the annoyance of having to recover from this surgery but then long term that's incredible like it, especially like fingers crossed but I'm sure it will work yeah. and you'll have such a better quality of life speaking of like reframing stuff I was on a plane this weekend I sat next to this really incredible woman and we were like chatting for the whole flight and one, she was like, this is going to sound really strange. And she was talking about, so her husband died seven years ago. And she said she'd been to counselling and things. And she was like, what are the things the counsellor told me to do? And she's like, I don't want you to judge me for this because it sounds really weird. And I was like, oh, I love this shit. Like, you're, you're sat next to the right person. Like, tell me everything, right? She was like, he said to go to bed every single night and tell yourself that you, you're going to die. 
like you're going to your deathbed every single night and she was like do and I've been doing this for, for the week by the way but she's like doing this when you wake up in the morning no matter what's happening you're like you're so happy that you're awake and it like gives you that like kind of lease of life like even if you're waking up and you've just had knee surgery like I'm here and I get to see my friends I get to see my family I get to like whatever it's I get to work I get to go to work like most of the time we have to experience something horrible to like kind of appreciate yeah. just the most basic things yeah but I don't think we should have to and I think if you like kind of frame life like that like I've been doing it all week and I like wake up every day and I'm like even if I've not slept very well or like I don't know I've got a load of work to do or something or like I've had an annoying email or there's been a tech problem or something I'm like this is amazing like I'm alive like what what a gift and every, genuinely this week I felt like every single day has been an absolute gift because I've gone to bed and I've, I've like tried to remind myself like tomorrow is a gift and then you wake up and you're like well I'm alive like how incredible is that and you do, I think that reminder of like life is so short that even on your shittest days you should be like what an incredible thing that I'm actually here I completely I love I love this in theory but genuine question like I don't unless I was actually dying right genuinely I don't know if I would remember the next morning when I woke up that I'd gone to bed telling myself that I was gonna die and so therefore if the whole exercise would be null and void I I might so what I found what I found quite useful is like kind of making a list in my head of like the things that I would miss out that I'm looking forward to that I would miss out on if I died. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, so that it kind of feels a little bit more real. I'm like, oh, we'll so well, it personalizes it for you. It like ingrains it. Yeah. Okay. That that's good. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I mean, yeah. Like if I wasn't here, I wouldn't be able to do all this stuff. And then all the tedious stuff that is a bit annoying. You're like, oh, it doesn't even matter because. Because like it, you, it kind of puts things in perspective for you, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. I love that. this woman. Sounds very interesting. Yeah, she was great. And then the other thing that I think is really useful, if you're in any context, kind of like lacking um, confidence in what you do, and I teach this to the coaches quite a lot on AFM. Is like, how much money? This is a good question for you, right? How much money would you pay? to get back everything you know so for you like every book you've written your degree every single client you've coached your experience as a coach your like qualifications as a personal trainer like everything and and even things that aren't directly related to what you do but like all of your experience how much money would you pay to get that back and you kind of realize like all of it all of it yeah I was gonna say all of it yeah like I wouldn't even have enough like I would take out a loan like I would do everything that I could to get that back and then you realize how valuable that is and that kind of gives you a little bit of of confidence in yourself like oh okay actually all this experience I wouldn't like there's no amount of money you could pay me to like give someone else that and not have it myself yeah you're right I love I love that because I definitely although not not always it's not a constant thing but I definitely have bouts and I'm sure everybody else does because it's it's so human and it's actually not a bad sign of like imposter syndrome I remember my dad telling me that even he has it like in terms of what he does and I was like wow that's surprising um and I know that it's always been the biggest mental health struggle for James is insecurity and stuff like that um and I I 
really, really like that. What a way to remind yourself of your worth and your value that, from your perspective on yourself and your achievements. What that's brilliant, Emma. It's good, isn't it? Very good. Very, very good. Okay. Um, Leslie, what's the best way to use resistance bands? <laughs> That's quite a hard question to answer, isn't Here it? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Emma, I'll let you take it. <laughs> Emma, over to but, you. For any like OGs of the EC method, that was one of the things that Chloe found the most funny thing. What did I even say? Oh, just take your band with you and you just start clicking yourself. And I was like, and I just thought she was really, she said she would she they'd rented like a caravan or whatever and then I was like take your band with you and I was like bah, 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 we're here bah, 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 bah. like a like a whole yeah marching band, marching band. <laughs> and in my head I just had this word opening the door and a whole marching band like, <laughs> anyway um Anyway, with your resistance band genuinely you I think it's incredible because you can genuinely do basically any movement with it as long as you have something to kind of tie it around but you have to get a little bit creative so you can do like rows and you would tie it around something and do row with it you can do pull downs again you need something above your head you can do pull aparts you can do chest flies like any movement essentially that like if you think about any kind of machine in the gym or any movement or exercise you can do that with a band to add some resistance mm. so I mean it's we're I guess we're struggling to answer this question because it's so versatile like you can do anything with it if if you decide that you want to use the band I think for me what's most useful is home workouts and if you don't have any equipment having a band means that you can actually do some kind of pulling motions yeah whereas that's one thing that without any equipment at home it tends to lack is like the, the pulling motion other than a bent over row there's really not much or a de- and a deadlift yeah it's look it's it's a question that's like with the never-ending demonstrative answer which nobody <laughs> nobody meaning Emma and I don't want to stand up and do but yeah and and also remember guys even if you can't tie it around an object you've also got your feet so for example there's lots of resistance where so you could do sat down um rows with the band around your feet you could stand up and put the band I don't really know how it works yeah put the band over the back of your shoulders hold it and do a squat and it's that you know push up it's the same as if you had weight bearing down on you you still you have that resistance bearing down on you so there's a lot you can do with your feet um you know it band pull apart it's a fantastic movement um for upper body again round your feet bicep curls tricep extensions I mean it like it's a, it's a it's a great piece of equipment um if you're if you're really strong, there are resistance band workouts on the home weighted workouts. I think they're Emma's, but I just put them in the home. Love a band. Emma loves a fucking like Emma got through lockdown with her band. It's just me um, and my band. Yeah. Um, um, and uh, but if you're struggling, first of all, so the resistance band workouts, there are three in there all on the app in the home workout section. Um, but also what was I going to say? Also, you just honestly go on the internet and just type in like resistance band training program. And it's, we're not being lazy coaches. We've already got workouts up there for you. But it will literally list like upper body, lower body, like everything you can think of and everything. And then we don't need to do it for half an hour on a live. Mm. Yeah. 
Excellent. Okay, Laura Penny. I know you've read my post, Emma, so don't worry. I'm not intending to miss you out on this message. I just wanted to say thank you to Chloe as well, as I know you're not able to see many tags right now in the group. I wanted to ensure that you're both aware of how appreciative, you know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. I am for the last year of coaching and how much you have created positive changes in my life. I will be forever grateful. P.S. Emma, I'm still thinking about the new goals as asked. Oh, well, I really appreciate that. Yeah, guys, you might have noticed I'm slowly but surely coming away from tagging just because I am full time now. And there's a lot. (laughs) There is a lot going on and there's a lot to try and try. And I'm also trying to stay as calm as I can and as actually like chill as I can. But I'm still trying to get back. I'm still trying to get by back to most of them. Um, And I will be on the lives until until I pop, which really will be any day, so. Okay, right, Holly, love the focus on life as a gift. Reset every day, waking up with a new day full of surprise and fresh experiences gives such a mass, uh, a message of hope. Yeah, I love it. Like, I genuinely feel so happy this week because of it. I love it, but I'm like, I reckon I would just wake up, I would get to midday and then I'd be like, oh, I remember, I thought I was gonna die last night. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I need something to like ground me in it you know yeah maybe doing like a little bit of journaling in the morning or maybe not even journaling just like writing down like oh look I'm awake I'm alive maybe have like a sign at the end of your bed you're alive <laughs> yeah that would be good that would be really good yeah I'm okay just- we're up to date on the live Oh, okay, fine. I was going to tell a story, but it's fine. Let's go. Let's go to, should we do a couple questions? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. Here we go. Right. What? It's either Helena or Helena. I don't know. Happy Friday, Clemmer. Can I ask you about reducing calories for today's live, please? What, while we're on the live? Or um, I started out on 1,800, just in that bracket, but my weekly averages are more like 1,600. My goal is fat loss, and I've dropped seven LBs and, looks very, and look a lot smaller. Haven't done any measurements yet. So overall, I'm very happy, although I do have a fair way to go. Should I now lower my target to 1600 to keep in a decent deficit as I lose? My concern is that if I do that, I might slip back into old habits of restricting and under eat down to 1400. Can I stay aiming for 18? Is that better psychologically? Am I getting too hung up on the details here? My activity is consistently around 11 to 12 K steps a day and two weekly workouts. Thank you. Um, You are getting a bit in your own head about it. The answer is simple. Keep 1800 is your target and in, and bring your kind of lower end of that top of that bracket down to 1600 so always aim to nail that 1600 with that added kind of ease and allowance of up to 1800 16 to 1800 um and then you know that you're safeguarding yourself from bad old habits of being like oh i may as well just drop down again and then you get into a shit cycle um 
and you're doing something that realistically, you know, is, well, is realistic for you. Um, but you also have a higher calorie target should you so need it. Um, and if we've told you that that 1800 is going to be a deficit for you, it's going to be a deficit for you. So don't be scared to fall up into it. Emma? Yeah, I think the question would be like, it, will this result in X, like from a psychological perspective? Psychology is so individual. So like some, some people might see that target in a completely different way than you do. And it sounds like from what you're saying, actually the way it's working at the moment and you're always being a little bit under, you're already hitting around 1600. So we don't need to lower your calories. Like you're already nailing it. I guess she hasn't said here, but did she speak about the results that she's getting? Great, good results. She's lost seven pounds so far. Yeah, so like you don't need to change anything at all. Sounds like you're absolutely nailing it. I agree. Okay. Let's do the next one. Catherine, I was just reading a bit of this. Okay. But I, what, actually, a good point to add on that is like, I really like what Chloe was saying about the range mm. because it's so easy to think, oh, my target's 1600. So if I go over that, like I failed. Forgetting that like at 1600 calories, you might be in a 400 calorie deficit. So if you go up to 1800 calories, you're still in a deficit. If you go up to just below 2000 calories, which might be your maintenance, you're still in a deficit. So it's not like as soon as you go over your calorie target, you'll no longer lose fat. Like you'll still lose fat. You just might not have lost quite as much fat as if you stuck to that calorie target. So like trying to get away from those like rigid targets is very, very useful in terms of imperfect action and actually just still getting results even if you're not hitting exact numbers i completely agree i like brackets i often diet in brackets it's really nice it kind of gives you freedom when you need it and takes it and, and organically drops your calories when you don't need it and it's there's no stress to it as long as you don't get caught up like just don't overly focus on like well where am i you know just let it be um okay catherine i'm looking for some guidance in what i know is a specific area I was sticking to 1600 calories and I lost a pound or so. And then I lost my period, which I have a history of. So I increased to 1800. Emma, you advised that I increased 150, but I ended up going up 200 to 1800. I've been doing that for a week now, hitting a minimum of 50 grams of fat and 120 grams of protein. And I usually exceed it by 100 to 200, I think she means calories on, week, on the weekends due to a glass of wine or two i still don't have my period but i guess this is going to take time now i'm not sure when i should be reviewing this to be honest i'm not really looking to lose much weight if i stay the same because i've lost one to two pounds of fat but gained one to two pounds of muscle especially on my core core then i'll be really happy in reality before the ec method i'd always been in a calorie deficit on and off um on in brackets on the weekdays on off on the weekends since my son's birth 16 months ago but i since my son's birth 16 months ago okay but i'd got my periods back since october okay should i give it longer on 1800 and review in a couple of weeks emma do you want to start with this because you've already coached her a little bit in this and then i'll yeah I think give it another couple of weeks. I mean, there's actually, there's no harm in increasing calories a little bit more. The one thing that can happen with hypothalamic amenorrhea, which might be what's happening here, is if this has happened before, your body can be a little bit more 
reserved in that if you then start dieting again it's like no no we don't like this like you don't feed us enough energy we're going to shut down like reproductive systems earlier to kind of safeguard which means that even at like a slightly higher body fat percentage your body's like no no we're kind of going into safety mode here where we want to reserve as much energy as possible so because we probably haven't explained this recently on the podcast what can happen when you diet very hard or like when you have lower body fat percentages and this is different for every woman like there have been people that have blanketly said if you have abs as a woman like you will not have your period that's not true I have abs and my period there's and proof Male. But some men. like some sorry what were you gonna say men a lot of male pts love to yeah it was actually a female oh was it yeah if i'll, tell you, I'll tell you who it was after if you have abs that categorically means you don't have a period that makes yeah. me very angry yeah <laughs> like it and and it's i mean it's a stupid thing to say however for a lot of women that is the truth because you need to go to very low body fat percentages for some women to see visible abs. Mm -hmm. So there is a consideration there. And essentially it's your body saying, we don't have enough energy available. So we're going to start shutting down energy costly processes like menstruating, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's it's not a good thing. And not only does that just mean, oh, like I think a lot of people used to just think, oh, that just means I don't have my period. Oh, well, don't really care. It's kind of a hassle anyway. But there are real implications to this. And things like bone mineral density, your ability to build muscle, your risk of cardiovascular disease, and that's sometimes like long-term implications of this. So it's not long something term. to ignore. No. Yeah. It, it, and, and also like, even if you think at the moment, I don't think I want kids anyway, you don't know that that's always going to be the truth. So like, don't ignore these things. I'm very glad that you reached out and you said like, this is happening. Um, and the one thing that you need to do when this does happen, if you think this is the reason that you've lost your period, by the way, also speak to your doctor, because there are numerous reasons that people lose their periods and it might not be the calorie deficit. However, in this situation, it kind of sounds like it probably is because that seems to be the thing that has changed. Um, would be so the first thing you need to do is bring calories up to about maintenance and then sometimes reducing activity levels as well. Um, but if we bring your calories up to maintenance and your period returns, then, you know, you can keep training hard and you can still be active as well. But that would be the main focus at the moment is return, returning this like consistent cycle. I'm not surprised if it's been a week that nothing has changed because it can take a couple of cycles to then get regular again. Um, but it is something to be aware of and to make sure that you're taking seriously. And the, the thing is, it doesn't always happen for all women, like, because I was kind of, as I was speaking there, I was like, yeah, it often happens when you lose a lot of body fat or when you're very low body fat. Never happened actually, to me. It's never happened. Yeah, I mean, it never happened to me. But secondly, like, it can actually happen at quite high body fat level. And this is partly to do with your leptin receptors. Yeah. So if you maybe, like, don't have as many or don't have very sensitive leptin receptors, then your body can think that it doesn't have much energy available even though there is still quite a lot of body fat there. Mm -hmm. And so like, even though you have more body fat, your brain can't sense that. And so it does shut down menstruation. So it can happen at, at like, it doesn't mean that you have to be shredded and have abs for this to happen. Um, but it is something to take seriously. Yeah, a fantastic answer. It's so well-rounded. I, I completely agree. It is something to really take seriously. I agree with, with Emma's point. The first thing I would want to do is make sure that it is, dropping calories below a certain amount that seizures happen for you 
because because it, it could be that absolutely and if you kind of know from your own life and your own body no it definitely fucking is that then it is but I'd, I'd like to be 100% certain it could also be that when you start a diet for example you then start I don't know doing x amount of cardio a week that could also be why or instead of training two to three times a week you start training five to six times a week. that could also be why um it's interesting about your son, but then you said that you, I, I presume that when you started getting your menstrual cycle back in October, it carried on until you dropped your calories and then it ceased again. Um, I agree with Emma. Um, a lot of the time with women, it's to do with, like I say, uh, like think of it like a stress on the body. So uh, a, a, real, a, a real decrease in calories or a real um, increase in expenditure, likely both. Um, and and a lot of the time it's to do with a real a real nosedive of, of fat and you know leptin plays a huge role in that but it doesn't always but it's not necessarily that like a lot of women will lose their periods um by keeping their calories the same increasing their expenditure adding in loads of cardio because they're training for a marathon not actually losing that much body fat and bam their period stops so and i think i think it is something that once you determine kind of everything that i've just said it's like what exactly is the cause of it is it body fat? Is it expenditure? Is it intake? I would like to know all of that. There is a potential that if it is, actually, we've really come away from dieting for a prolonged period of time and fix it. Um, and there's a lot of strategies and things we can do to do that um, and actually properly fix it before we then talk about how it might be more um, homeostatically safe for you to go to get the fat loss results you want down the line as in like really down the line down the line without having this continue to occur because I think you talk about you know being on and off a diet and for a long time and I just wonder if maybe the solution isn't let's just park that for a while yeah I mean stress is another huge factor yeah. And that can be like stress in other areas of your life, or it can be the kind of training that you're doing as well. So like a lot of yeah. hip training is very stressful on the body. And so something that comes up a lot when we talk to people about HA is often like almost trying to get around the problem. And then like, this is why I completely agree with Chloe, but like, I still want to lose body fat, but how can I do that? Or like, I still want to stay at this body fat percentage, but I want to get my period back. Can I just increase my fats? within my calories and it's like no actually the way that you get your period back is by increasing body fat like you need more energy available and that's really like fundamentally the only really thing that's going to change anything sure increasing the fats in your diet isn't going to do any harm reducing your like the amount of hit or very strenuous activity that you're doing again is probably a good thing but the like by far the main thing that you need to focus on is increasing the amount of fat that you have on your body so that your body feels safe and has enough energy to then menstruate. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, but obviously um, to caveat all this, please also go to your doctor because there are many reasons that you might be missing your cycle. Yeah, Emma and I are not doctors. Just in case anyone didn't realize. Well, actually with Emma, it can be quite confusing sometimes. I feel like you're more informed than a lot of doctors. Um, is there anything else in the live? Um, just Helena saying, got it, thank you, super helpful as always. You're welcome. Um, all right, guys. Well, I think that's it. I have no idea if I'm going to make it to Monday's live. Um, I'll put up the times and the days for next week. Who knows if I'll be here? Yes, we'll see. I mean, I'll definitely be here, guys. So don't worry. 
Emma's um, I'm very excited about this. I mean, I am too, actually. I am really intrigued to do this childbirth thing and see what all the fuss is about. Good and bad. What I'm most excited about, you coming back on the podcast and telling us about it all. Oh my God, because you know I will spend no gory detail. Yeah. I talk too much. I wonder if having a child is going to make me shut my fucking mouth a bit more. I mean, it's never happened to any of my mates, I don't think, but maybe. Oh, maybe I'll just be so tired. I'll be like, maybe I'll just rein myself in. Um, okay, so... The, um, the photo of the onesie with little little baby Carrie. Yeah, Emma, I did. And I think it was really lovely that you pulled that out of the bag because that was Emma. What, that we did that? <laughs> Emma basically did that. But I'm also just a bit confused as to what size this was. <laughs> right. Do I know how big a child is? No. Like, it's for growing into, right? But it kind of looked like it would fit, like, me. <laughs> it, yeah, it looked like it would fit maybe, like, a three-year-old. Um, but... Kerry will still be here in three years on the EC method, so it's fine. Of course you'll. And I actually saw a baby today that was a baby girl, the biggest baby I've ever seen in my life. And I said, oh, I hope that doesn't come out of me. She was huge. And I was like, yeah, I mean, the one you would have fit that baby. Well, there you go. You never know, do you? And the mother was like this teeny tiny five foot sparrow thing. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh I do love wow. a big baby um okay so we'll probably see you on I mean we on Monday um but we will let you know over the weekend okay love you all bye